It's an always an honor to come to worship God together. Amen. Let's give the band a good hand and uh, all the media team and the teachers teaching upstairs and we are always grateful that somebody come ahead to prepare the church so that all of us can walk in and worship God. Nothing happens by chance, nothing drops in place. There are people who have give what God has given and give back unto the glory of God's house. Amen. Well, I want to thank uh, all of you. Um, all my children were uh, dedicated here. <laughs> right here. And, and we are just grateful to be I know this is going to happen, so I came prepared. <laughs> I'm not an emotional wreck, uh, just for your information. But, <laughs> but I just am passionate about God and what God has given us. And uh, so it's a great honor for all our families uh, to be here to worship together with you. Amen. Well, I want to talk about the night is worn, and the night is about us. Every one of us have a dark moments in our lives, times where, where things don't go well, times where we feel that everything is, is pressing us down and we feel dark, we feel no light. How many of you, you have been in a place where you have long nights and you think that the morning is not going to come? And you feel that the, everything around me is dark. But I want to bring good news to you that the night is worn. Hallelujah. And the night is worn in the secret place of our most high God. So let's just dive into Psalms chapter 91 verse 1 to 7. Psalms 91 verse 1 to 7. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, a, a ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Well, there was a bit of a divided opinion about who actually wrote uh, Psalms 91, there's some who say it's Moses who wrote it and uh, another group says that no, it's more like uh, King David's uh, uh, writing. But whatever it is, what we want to know today is that the secret place is where God is present. Hallelujah. This is a 
burning bush church and there's such a strong presence even in the time of worship this morning amen because god is present and never ever take for granted the presence of god hallelujah so the secret place this is a secret place you are protected a place where fear is cast away a place where anxiety is replaced with assurance where our failures and mistakes are uh, are fixed a place of revelation of what god is going to do and god does new things every time hallelujah Amen. Today we can take some comfort from Psalms 91 that let's not be too afraid. Let's not too be uh, too uh, cautious about everything that we forget that God is in control. Hallelujah. Because after the the years of COVID a lot of things change and one of the things that really changes the way we blow the birthday cake. We all used to blow like there's no tomorrow. everything also come out but nowadays we don't go don't blow don't blow don't blow the cake and nowadays they have cakes uh, candles that is hard to blow right and the kid will be going like hey you come you come you come my three people already blow then nobody want to eat the cake right <laughs> a lot of things change but the word of god gives us assurance and we're going to see i'm i'm just going to focus on these two words which is dwelling and abiding all right it is to dwelling and abiding and let's let's what happens when we dwell and we abide when we dwell and abide your nights are won your darkest night your hopeless situations are worn in the place where there is a secret place where you run to the presence of god and you dwell there and you abide in jesus christ and there your nights are worn hallelujah to dwell and abide is an active process of nurturing of growing and being fruitful how many of us want to be fruitful in our lives i bet all of us want to be fruitful in our lives in the niv translation it says that says whoever who dwells whoever who dwells whoever means all of us sometimes we think oh the secret place is for the pastor and the leaders and all of us we just come to receive it but the bible says that each and every one of us here fathers mothers sons and daughters we all can dwell and abide in christ can i hear an amen that's why he says in john chapter 15 verse 4 abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me the words of jesus himself is inviting us is calling us come and abide in me you cannot do it on your own we want to abide in christ if we don't abide in christ we abide in something else That's why in Psalm chapter 1 verse 3 it says that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf will not wither and whatever he does will prosper. You want to prosper? Abide in Christ. be rooted in the right place be rooted in your local church be rooted in ministry in missions abide in him well i'm going to show you a picture of a root and we, do we have that picture yeah that's the picture of of uh, one day my neighbor 
uh, Suresh came and told me, hey, behind your house, there's a big tree. And this tree, if you just leave it, will, will cause cracks in your wall and that wall that you have will collapse. I said, oh yes, sir. So I went behind my house and I found this huge unwanted tree that I did not plant, but it's as high as the roof. And about three, I think. Yeah. And that's my hand, by the way. So the story is like this. My mother-in-law, uh, Pastor Lai Fan and Pastor Lai King's mom, uh, she just, uh, two days ago, is one year of her um, uh, uh, death anniversary. And uh, we love her. Uh, we miss her. And um, some of you know her as maybe Popo. Yeah. And uh, you see, she used to rule the back lane. And the front lane. And the side lane. And all the lanes. In fact, she rules our whole entire home, including my master bedroom. <laughs> we love her, but she's in charge of everything. And when she's around, those unwanted trees don't grow. But in the later part of her life, she got ill and she did not rule the back lane. And this is what happened, a big tree grew. Because you see, these plants are little ones that grow at the edges of the concrete, at the side, right? And she will pluck it. Unwanted roots. Pluck it out. We don't need this. Pluck it out. But when she was ill, it was just left there and obviously I didn't go to the back as you can tell. And it became a huge plant. And we got to chop it off. And then my neighbor said, you got to pour diesel, you got to pour, pour poison and kill it. You see, if we allow unwanted roots, no nurturing, no abiding, no dwelling, then unwanted things will begin to grow in our lives. We will begin to give in to bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, and all kinds of things. God don't want you to have unwanted roots that will cause cracks. You see, the thing about this plant is, it's so little, but they say that the roots have this kind of a microphyllus that will find gaps between the walls. And it will make its way through these walls and it will just begin to grow and grow. And those tiny roots has the ability to crack open walls. The bigger the tree, the bigger the root, the bigger the damage. That's why it is so important for us to know that, hey, I need to dwell and abide in the right place. I need to dwell and abide in Christ. Hallelujah. That's why it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of Almighty. A.W. Tozer said this, let every man abide in the calling wherein he is called and his work will be as sacred as the work of the ministry. It's not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or circular. It is why he does it. Amen. Are you with me? 
Let every man abide in the calling. And your calling is not just in the church. It is not about whether I'm in the church or outside the church. You, we have a, a divine calling wherever you are placed. Amen. And wherever you are, you are to dwell and to abide. And in doing that, we will prosper. Doesn't matter if you are an accountant, you are an artist, you are a housewife, you are a businessman. Abide in Christ because that, that is the place of your calling. Amen. We need to know what to nurture, how to nurture our soul, how to let it grow. You know, I'm into this some kind of planting of grass. By the way, I'm not, I'm not good. I don't have green fingers. I can talk, but I don't have... For the pastor liking have better. But so I want to plant grass. So I plant some grasses and look at the grass and okay. Then I look at my neighbor's grass. How come their grass? How many of you, you like, like, like you take a pip at your neighbor's grass? Like maybe not grass, but maybe the car, maybe the motorbike. Just a pip, you know, just like a. Not too much because if I peep too much, neighbors get scared. Like, in fact, at home when I'm walking, also my own children get like, ah! it's like what? I'm the I'm the father. I actually live here. They get shocked. I won't tell you which child, but you can maybe figure out later. They're like, ah! Then my wife will scold me. Like, why are you walking? Like I said, I'm just walking. Why you walk so quiet? No footsteps, nothing. So I said, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to walk? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm just walking in my own house. And they get, hey. I need to win those nights. But the thing about the grass is this. Some people say, I cannot grow, Pastor. I can't grow. I can't grow here. I need to grow there. I need to grow here. I need to grow everywhere. The place of growth is if you water that piece of grass, you take care of it, you pull out the weeds, you make sure it gets enough water, you make sure it gets enough sun, you take care of that place, the very place you are standing and that is the place where you shall dwell and abide. Don't go around looking at where you dwell and abide will be the place where God has called you. That's how your nights are won. Your darkest moments and challenges are won when you dwell and you abide and that's how you grow from the inside out. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? We are meant to grow. The second thing is we are meant to arise victoriously. We are meant to arise victoriously. You see, there's always a deep sense of failure can sink into your darkest night. But God is great and God is full of mercy. Can I hear an amen? King David, 
messed up in, in 2 Samuel 24. You can look, um, just, just listen uh, to the, the scenario where David felt that I want to count my soldiers. I want to count my men, right? Job, his assistant uh, commander, he said, count the guys. How many soldiers do we have? And, and Joab said that, why, why would you want to do that? God can multiply the soldiers. God is in charge of everything. But David said, no, he's the king. So he overruled and said, go count the men. So Joab went and counted the men. Right? 800,000 soldiers in Israel and 500,000 soldiers in Judah. And came back and brought the news. This is the number that we have. And then David felt convicted. He felt convicted and we can look in, in verse 10. It says this, But David's heart struck him after he had numbered the people. And David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now, O Lord, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. When God strikes your heart, it's never a comfortable place. David immediately knew that, whoa, what was the problem with counting? It is not about the counting, it is about not trusting God enough. Have we at times not trust God enough? We know about faith, we know prayer, we know God will take care, but we go like, mm, maybe I also need to do something about it. There are certain family situations in your life, you know, in your family, and, and you, we want to put our hands in everything to have full control of things. But sometimes we just need to trust that God will take care. And what I need to do, how I'm going to win this night, is by dwelling and abiding. When God strikes the heart, David immediately knew. Why, why David knew? Because he's a man who has been dwelling and abiding. But here, he has made a mistake. And quickly, he knows, I've got only one choice here. I've got only one place to go. The prophet Gad came and told David, all right, now here's the deal. Seven years of famine, right? Three months of running away from your enemies, Three days of plague, choose one. David said, he knew the safest place for me, not to be in the hands of men, but for me to fall in the secret place. Because I've been there, I dwell there, I abide there. There was three days of plague that hit the land. David was so convicted he repented and before the plague was coming over Jerusalem, God himself said that, stop, stop, that's enough. This is our God. He's not a God who takes joy in punishing his people. God is full of mercy. Can I hear an amen? God is full of mercy. Brothers and sisters, if you have made mistakes, if you have not trusted God enough, maybe you have become a bit self-reliant and tried to fix everything on your own. God is full of mercy and He will be gracious to you. Can I hear an amen? Hidlin Diaz was a Filipino weightlifter preparing for the Olympics and she came over to Malaysia in 2020 and got stuck. Here, because of the MCO. What a place to get stuck. So she was stuck. She could not train. 
and she was somewhere in Malacca with her coach and could not train and she went into a deep depression because she was preparing for the Olympics and did not know what to do and did not know uh, uh, what's going to happen. Went into a deep depression, could not train, could not get up and everything. But she's a God-fearing person, she's a praying person, uh, she's a practicing Catholic, but she gives all her attributes to her faith in God to help her. There, there were people uh, praying with her and, and people around her and she picked her, herself up. This was what I read, that she picked herself up to just spend time with God and God gave her ideas to do some home improvement training with those water bottles, right? She just trained, lifting up the water bottles. She continued to pick herself up and eventually she was the first athlete to win Olympic gold medal in the Philippines, in uh, Tokyo uh, 2021, right? The Olympics was postponed. Amen. God can bring that dark, depressive situation and turn it around. Your night is worn. Each and every one of us here, your night is worn. If you are having depressive thoughts and very always feeling depressed and feeling that I'm not motivated enough, there's only one place for you to go. There's only one place for me to go is to dwell and to abide in the presence of God. One of our friends from Jakarta, her name is uh, Siska, and uh, she's a art, uh, very creative person. Her job is to go shopping. How cool is that? Because she's a wardrobe uh, director for all the artists uh, in, in Indonesia. So she decides this artist wear what, this artist wear. So her job every day go to, to the mall and buy clothes. So when we went to Jakarta, we said, let's go to the mall. She said, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's my workplace. I don't want to go to the mall. We ended up in one corner drinking coffee and uh, avocado juice. But it's <laughs> a dear friend. But she got into depression and um, uh, family problem and health problem and could not come out from her room for weeks. Her night and day became the same. The one to come out, dark room, at night, morning, no difference. She was just stuck there in that place and could not come out. We prayed through the online Zoom and everything prayed and tried to encourage her. And I encourage her the same thing. I said, there's only one place to go. Abide, abide, go to God, go to God. Just dwell, just in the secret place. You are alone, never mind. That is your moment. That is your place. You, you dwell there. You abide in Jesus Christ. And she began to do that. It didn't happen instantly, but over, uh, over two weeks over, she finally picked herself and came up. And when she come out, she, she's a creative person. She likes gardens and all that. And there was this flower. Do we have that flower? There was this flower, was her first sight. One flower with two colors. And she was so amazed. And that flower spoke to her that God's promise in her life is not over. Now for some of us, maybe I have flower in you. I was a big deal. But for her, that flower meant something. You see, there was the only one way out to bring her out of that dark room to light, which is the secret place of the Most High God. Amen. If you are here and you are feeling that I need this, it's not, it's not what I'm saying, it's not about what, what we are trying to do here, it's about just being connected to Jesus. Just trust Him all the way. 
The devil may say that you are in dark, you are forgotten, you are buried, you are no good. The devil may say that those are for those people and those people not for you. You are meant to be in dark. But my Bible says that there will be sorrow at night, but there will be joy in the morning. Hallelujah. There may be sorrow at night, but there will be always joy in the morning and the sun will keep rising. As long as the sun rises, I shall raise my praise. I shall dwell. I shall abide in Christ my Savior. Listen to the truth of God's word. Abide in the right route. Hallelujah. Because why? Because Jesus himself was on the darkest night at Gethsemane. When we read the Bible, sometimes we read it too fast. That it's okay, Jesus is God. It was easy for him. It was not easy for him. Jesus was there. His own leaders could not stay awake with him. Not one time, two times, three times. He was deserted. The Bible says that one of his followers ran naked. They suspect it's Luke. But Jesus had the dark moment at Gethsemane. That's why his sweat was mixed with blood. It was a place of intense pressure. But Jesus won that night. Hallelujah. Jesus won that night. Jesus won that night not just for him. He won it for you and I. He won it for you and I so that our nights can be won too. Our dark moments, we can come into the light because the Bible says the light shines and darkness will cease to exist. It doesn't try not to exist. It will cease to exist. And let us speak with faith and believe all that God has in store for us. So when we dwell in the secret place of the Most High God and we shall abide under the shadow of Almighty. What happens next? So that God do all these things for us, help us to be fruitful and prosper. What's next? Is to live a life to please God is to be a witness for Jesus, is to get involved in mission, is to say that God, use me. Use me, God, in whatever way you can use me. Because that's what happened to David in 2 Samuel uh, 20, 24. He began to serve selflessly. He went to Aruna in uh, verse 24 but the, and said that give me this land because I want to build an altar to worship. But Aruna said that it's yours, king. You are the king. Just take it. But this is what David said. No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burn offering that cost me nothing. David built an altar. Brothers and sisters, if God has blessed us so much and saved us and gave us a second chance, what can we offer him but to serve him? Serving is not a position. Serving is not even a, a calling. Serving 
is the very nature of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. It must, it will cost us. It will cost us. You know, there's the story of the egg um, and, uh, and the bacon. Egg and bacon for breakfast. How many of you know that story? Right? And, and there was this advertisement on, on the bus, right? Good for breakfast, which is egg uh, and, and bacon. And the chicken went so excited and told the pig, you know, hey, we are so famous. We are on the bus everywhere in the streets of London. The chicken was so excited because egg is there. Then the pig says that it's easy for you. Because you just produce. But for the pig, he gave his life. You can laugh. If you don't get it, you can just say, ha ha, very funny. <laughs> because sacrifices will cost us something. Right? Will cost us something. Well, this church is the evidence of God's faithful promise. Do you know that you are not sitting in in an ordinary church. This church is a place of an extraordinary God doing great things by His grace. The very place we are sitting is the evidence of God's power, God's grace. It's the evidence. It's right here where we are. You see, it's one thing to plant a church but it's another thing to be a trailblazer, to cut the trees, to clear the land, to make a pathway where a structure can be built in a city where the authorities say that no, it's not going to happen. And it's not just physical, but it's actually even in the spiritual atmosphere. Grace Church is the first church in this city to be established which created a pathway for the work of God everywhere else. Hallelujah. This is a corporate secret place for many more people for their nights to be won. And the calling is for each and every one of us. Can I hear an amen? Because we are doing more than just attending church. Pastor David impacted my life. I started serving. I learned everything. Everywhere I go, I'm proud to say that he's my pastor. And somehow the question will come to the place where, so where you grow up? <laughs> Always. And I'm proud to say that I grew up in Grace Church. Because this is a place where all of us can find place to serve. I was recently speaking at um, MBS, a Malaysian Bible uh, Seminary. I was one of the, uh, taking up one of the sessions. And there was this lady uh, who was a staff there and so kind, so kind, 
hospitable, taking care of every need from food, from the lodging, from the speaker, from the media. She's always there to serve pastor, this pastor, and everything. I was so, I was so blessed by her. One day I went to her and said, I went to her and said that Adeline, thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you so much for doing what you do. She said, I'll serve as long as I can, Pastor. This week, okay, Pastor. Next week, I go chemo. I don't know. Lah. So she's serving God in between her chemotherapy. I, I did not know what to say. How are people like this made? By dwelling and abiding in the presence of God. Because on our own, we have so much of our own weaknesses. We have a lot of our weaknesses. But when we learn that if God has blessed me so much, then I want to serve God selflessly. I want to serve God selflessly. God, use me. You know, it takes the Joshua and the Caleb to win that land? Well, it take the young, I won't say old, I'll say the mature or the experience of everyone in the house of God, fathers, mothers, sons and daughters to carry on and to serve God in your lifetime. You know, in some churches, they have different terms, you know, for, let's say, golden generation, silver liners, all kinds of terms for different, different uh, uh, people. But all that I know is that the church is a family. Hallelujah. A community of doing life together. And we are not chasing anything, but chasing for many more nights to be worn for many people. Yet not I, but Christ, but through Christ in me. I'm going to close with this story. And I've not shared this story to anyone, so you're going to be hearing it first time. It was December 23 in uh, 2018. And I was there in this hotel uh, in, in Penang where I was preaching. And God just woke me up. I felt God woke me up. I woke up and started praying. And I guess that was the secret place. I begin to pray. I begin to pray, dwell, and abide in Him. And then suddenly, it was like God took a shuffle. And you know, you know those shuffle, you pick up the sand. And it was like a shuffle into your heart. And, and it just flipped over. And when you flip over, it's the other side. And what, what I was seeing was not pleasant at all. What I was seeing was painful. It was my sins. It was my pride. It was the feel-good factor. You know, sometimes when we are doing, 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 doing things for God, doing for God, doing for God, doing for God, and God said, stop! I don't want you to do. I want you to be. 
I'm not interested in the doing. I'm interested in the being of you as a child. The doing doesn't please me, but the being. Are you kind? Because sometimes in the in chasing dreams we hurt people, and God showed me that I've hurt people. God showed me that I've hurt my father. My father has passed away, and I'm still reeling from it. God showed me different things. God showed me that I've hurt my past. I hurt my past. I've hurt past life. And I'm sorry. God showed me I hurt my wife. I hurt my children because doing, 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 doing. But God wants being, being, being. What's the point if you do so much but you hurt and trample everyone around you? Have we in our workplace, in our offices, to get promotion, trample over people? Have we been unkind to our colleague just to be right? Have husbands hurt the wife just to be right? Just to win an argument? But in the winning, we hurt people. Well, you go to the secret place of God and that night in that hotel room, I got to preach later. But God showed me a lot of things. There's only one place to go to dwell and to abide in Christ because He will lift us up. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. That next day was 24th December I got off the airport and I bought very nice gifts I think I don't know if they remember or not this is what happens in the secret place of the most high God it might be painful but your night is worn hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. What gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer? Why don't we make this entire place the secret place of the most high God?